I'm ready for those. Come on, man. If you want to open your Bibles in Ephesians chapter 4, if you have them there. still in the presence of the Lord. We're just getting ourselves connected to YouTube at the same time. We have those watching on Zoom together, so if you just bear with us for a moment with that. Welcome to City Temple and Chelsea Community Church. Uh, we are doing our live stream on YouTube and on Zoom. We are gr grateful for all of you who are watching online and also who are physically here present with us. We know for some of you it's um, not able to come, but it's great to know that you're still connecting with us and being part of us. Yeah, this is one way that we do our service. If you want more information of what we're doing, again, our info at city-temple.com, and you can know all the other links to our other services. We'll be reading from Ephesians chapter one, uh, sorry, Ephesians chapter four, verses one to sixteen, and we'll also be doing um, Ecclesiastes chapter five, verses one and two. Let us read the word of God. I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, 
what does it mean? But that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth. He who hath descended, the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave us apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, to equip the saints for the working of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we attain the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning and craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body is joined and held together by every joint in which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And let's go to um, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, just the first two verses. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than to offer sacrifices of fools. For they do not know what they are doing uh, evil. But be not rash with your mouth. Nor let your heart be hasty to utter the word before God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. Let it, um, may we be blessed at the reading of God's holy word. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I come before you today, Lord, and I ask you that you speak to us together as, a, as your church and as your body, and we may see your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So, with kids, one of the things that I've had to kind of go through five times now, and I'm still going through it with the little one, is the growing pains, the growing pains of children. Now, some of you who are parents, or maybe you even, as a child, know this. And this is one of those things that they never prepare you when you have to have a family. No one tells you growing pains. And I just thought growing pains was just a, a thing. Well, one, I thought it was a TV show. Second, I thought it was also uh, this thing that happens, you know, occasionally or something with, with kids. You know, just the difficulties and the problems. Um, one night, um, my, my eldest first begins to shout in bed. And, and, and in pain, and I rush in, and what's wrong? What's going on? He goes, Dad, it's pain across my, my leg, across my knees, and, you know, it's our first one. We just, we didn't know, we didn't understand what's going on. Obviously, talking to someone a little bit maturer, someone who's been, who knows, has had kids before us, it's okay. It's growing pains. It's, it usually happens at night, usually when the kids are growing, and at growth spurt, usually around three or four years old, up to about eight or ten or eleven, they start to have a growth spurt, and, they, and their bodies just begin to grow, and it's just the legs. They can feel it at that moment. And so we knew, what, we knew when the first one hit us, it was a bit of a surprise, a bit of cow pole, something to kind of help with the pain. But it's that pain of growth, that kind of that stretching of their bodies. And, this, and obviously with our uh, second, third, fourth, and fifth now, uh, it's, it's got easier. We know that it comes in. We, we hear them, and we know what it is. It doesn't catch us of surprise. We know with each one the different types of shout and cries, we know that one's of tiredness, that one's of, that one's serious, that one's, oh no, that one's just she's annoyed with her sister or her brother. And this one, oh, that's the growing pains. That's the one where they, they, they cry, there's tears coming down. Dad, my legs hurt. Dad, my, my joints hurt. My knees hurt. And I know it'll be over. We, we sometimes uh, uh, cover them with a blanket and that. And that's, that's part of the growing part. Now, what I wasn't told, that there'd be more growing pains in other ways. Growing pains as they hit 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 
and I've got my coming now to 18-year-olds. And each one has been growing pains now in a different way, emotionally, mentally, physically, and each part of them seeing them in that stages of growth. And it makes me think so much about how God is with our church, how God is the Father, God with us, and how we sometimes also have growing pains as a church and as a community. And yet, this is one of those things that God loves his people and loves his church, and he's a good father and wants us to grow. And he helps and allows sometimes those painful things to happen because he knows it's helping us to stretch. It's helping us to grow. It's helping us to mature. And in different stages of the church, we will see those things to happen. Here we are together, starting a new church plant here in Chelsea Community Church. We're seeing something God begin within us as, a, as, as believers here in the city of London. And we have to always look, what is God's truth about church? What is God's truth about his people? What is it that God has always said and done with his community of believers? And we can go all the way back to the Old Testament. And we can see how God, when he gathers his people together, he manifests himself, he brings them together. He deals with their sin, he deals with them with, with, his, uh, with his truth of his law, he deals with them and communicates them for them to grow and to be better, for them to be different from the other nations and those around them. With Israel, his purpose was always, I want you to be a people, a people that are separated unto me. And yes, you're going to have some difficulties and challenges, but I also want you to be a people that are kind and, and show my mercy and kindness to others. Scriptures where you see how they treated those who were the orphans, the widows, those who were poor. There were laws to guide and protect and, and help them to sustain and look after those who are weaker in the community. But you see God's heart continuously for it. It's not that just, it's just with one community, and it was his purpose and his understanding that he was going to use this community, this group, his church. And there was going to be so many pains. You see it consistently across the different times. You see it in, in, with Moses bringing out the people of Israel from Egypt and the continual pain that God has with them, dealing with their sin, their idolatry, dealing with their rebellious heart. I wish I could go back to Egypt. I wish I could go back to what it was like. And even sometimes with our children, and I've seen it with my kids, Dad, I wish it was like this before. Dad, I wish I was... And it's like you learn and you see the growing pains that they're going through. But here we see in this text, there is that truth of what God wants to do with his church, that truth of what God loves about his people, that he communicates to them, and he doesn't leave them abandoned and just to try and work it out. And this is wonderful because here he, he doesn't choose one of the main apostles to communicate what he wants to do with his church. He chooses Paul the Apostle. And, we, and, we, and here in Ephesians, in this one beginning where we're, we're going to kind of unpack a little bit, he wants to deal with them and say to them, this is what I want you as a church. There are things like unity. There's things as, as leadership and the gifts that you have. There are things that I want you to understand, the maturity, that you become more like Christ. There's this unity and this growth that will happen with you. And that makes me think a lot about the church today as well, around. I've always been very passionate about church growth. And I think that comes something from my dad. He was always wanting and desiring to see the church grow. And he was always a man of faith. We would look at, and, and sometimes... I guess, a, a little bit funny in his faith in the way he would see and, and do things. My dad was one of those guys who, who had a, a bold faith, and he would look at a building. Um, in the time that we, I remember my very, the, one of the very first buildings that we, we rented in the afternoons was a Baptist church, and it had the upper galleries and the lower. And um, this was, an, my, my father planted an immigrant church with, with, with a Latin American community. 
And there was maybe 20 people in the building at a time. But his faith and his love for, for church growth, he would speak to the chairs above in faith and prayer and say, hello everyone up there, hello everyone over here, hello everyone over here. And his faith, he would communicate. And we would look at him, are you, are you, have you lost it? <laughs> but it was his faith and his love for, the, for those around, for his community. And he became a pillar for the Latino community at that time. And it, but it, in something in him, it sparked this well in me, a desire to see churches grow. And I didn't understand what that meant in its fullness, and I think I'm still working and still developing that thought more and more, especially being part of City Temple and definitely being part of Chelsea Community Church. I had to, again, what do you, Lord, mean about growth? What does it mean? And it, and, this, and it is a painful growth, but what does it mean for us to be growing here as a church? And the Lord begins to focus on here, and, in, 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 and we see this whole thing that Paul wants to bring with them. He talks to them about them being united. Now, unity, he said, you're going to have to break a division. Before this chapter, he spoke to them, you know, there's the Israel and there's the Gentile. There are two, two different people, those who are under the covenant of God, those who are completely separated from God. But that's why I sent Jesus, my son, to, to, uh, God the Father would say, to, to break this division and this wall. God is that wall breaker, divider, and destroying these, these two different identities and uniting them as one and a new one in Christ Jesus. I think that's one of the things that I, I, I really discovered more as I've been walking with City Temple, as I've been growing part of this church and, and enjoying my, my, my new, the, the new understanding of what church means. Because it was very easy to say, okay, you know, become a Latino church or become a, 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 a church for the younger generation or be a church for, for the millennials or for the Z generation, which is very weird and complicated. But it's all these ideas come, and yet God says none of that. He says, break down these walls and make one man in Christ. And that's the whole idea that really is in the gospel, that we get rid of these, these ideas of what, what growth and, and church is, and we come back to what Christ wants us to be. And it is that, that you, in being united in who he is and what he has called us to be. He's, he's saying, honor the calling. You've been called to be that church. You've been called to be those people. Yes, we gather here every Sunday, and we are, and we're encouraged. We are almost like you know, recharged and, and filled with the Spirit. We, we get a time to worship and lift up and, 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 and give glory to God. But also this is a time for us to know that we're going to be released out there and live that calling out there to show our unity, to show our gifts, to show our maturity, and to show even our pain sometimes. But a pain in Christ that knows that He is the author and finisher of our faith, that He holds it all together, that He's the one who's working through us, even when it's difficult and, and painful. And see, here Paul wants them to be ready. He's told them now, I want, he's first dealt with them in their identity and, and dealing with them to know who they are, what they've done for them. And we understand something real clear here. We're accepted. We're significant. We have purpose. But also, to understand now we've walked that out. How does it look like? How does it look like when we're out there? How does it look like when we're walking in unity? Does it mean that we dress the same? Does it mean that we, we do certain things the same? And that's the wonderful thing, because the gospel doesn't destroy our cultures and our identities. And if anything, it enriches it more. We, we're more compassionate, more empathetic, more willing to learn from others. To sit maybe, maybe with someone who, who isn't a, a Christian in this sense, and we show that the love and the maturity of Christ. I remember sitting with a, with a Muslim girl, and actually it was, in a, it was in an Anglican building. We were sitting together for a, for a teaching. 
and it was, a, it was about learning how to, to help our local communities with the councils and things like this. And she was interested in, in, in the church. I could tell her what it was, I could, why we have certain things, the, why we have a cross, why, why, why there's a prayer room, certain things that the Anglicans had that were distinct, what did, what did the table represent? And she was interested in it in many ways, in, in understanding and, and listening. And the, the, the surprising thing is the, is the moment when we were talking about holiness and what that meant to her and what that meant to, to us as Christians. And to her, it was a significance of the, the outer. Like if I look after myself outside long and, and cover my hair and, and do all these things, then I'm being holy unto God. And I said, well, that's, that's good in some sense. It's practical, I, I sense. But God teaches us in, in his scriptures that it's deeper. It's our heart. That he has to do that if we look at someone with sin in our heart, if we look at someone and covet and desire them lustfully, and we're sinning, we're wrong, we're not walking in, in the love of God, in the calling of God, in the purpose of God. She was so struck back by it, because for her it's always about the external. It's always about keeping a religious law, never to really deal with a deeper issue, never to deal with what's going further down. And if, when you look at other religions, it always is about how do I walk towards God? How do I begin to know and understand God with my actions, with my, with my behavior? But it never deals with the truth deeper. That is, how do I know God with my heart and in my spirit? And how that changes and affects our walk. And that's what Paul was doing here. So interesting that that young girl says, when can I visit your church? I'd really like to hear more about this. And it can be that, because our walk should be explaining that it is something that happened deeper in us, that it does break those walls, it does tear away things from us, but at the same, it adds value and depth into us that is so rich, that it blesses others, that our, our, our walk with Christ is, is one that brings glory and honor to him. Here is, again, in the next part, he begins to say about the gifts that the Lord gives to us, like those things that are empowering us. And I think that's one of those things that, that is interesting because church today sometimes can make such an emphasis of gift. And I can say charismatic and conservative. I can tell you those who are of, of the maybe more um, outspoken traditions and maybe those who are more uh, conservative traditions have both messed up in this area. We've seen it. And in the last few years, we've seen those who have fallen from grace in, in some of these, these parts, showing that you know, if, if you have the right lights, if you have the right ability to talk, if you have the, the, the gift of healings or miracles, or in other cases, if you've got a, a super intellectual mind, the ability to, to dismantle arguments with apologetics and theology, that you're able to somehow use your gift, and that creates these platforms, and somehow God will bring growth and, and transformation. And, and it's wonderful, it's, well, wonderful is a hard word, but it is humbling to see that God is, is kind of pulling back the veil on these things and showing where the weaknesses are. Because it, it, and then I, I see, I see it, especially when I talk to other young ministers and other people of the faith. And I, when I sit with Rod and I hear him and talking with other people in, who are trying to grow churches or are learning their faith, you see them. They believe that somehow if I have the right worship band or if I have the right sound systems or if I have the right, you know, technical or, or, and, or if I move in miracle signs and wonders, somehow God will, will bring the growth in it. And we take the emphasis away it almost is like all the lights go towards the center to the pulpit. And yet God is saying, no, I want you to think outwards. And my purpose is to grow and mature. Those, and the gifts are for that purpose. The gifts of, of, of giving, the gifts of, 
of, of ministry, the gifts of administration, the gifts, and I know there are more. And then that's where Paul just kind of says they are these gifts there, and they're, they're empowering our church and giving us that growth. But also, we see the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teachers, or the shepherds. And, and the translation here I like, the, the word shepherd instead of pastor so much, because we, we kind of forget that elders and shepherds are so connected in that sense, in the, in the pastoral care. And that's what he wants. He wants us all to be part, together to grow. That these ministries, as wonderful as they are, when you hear them, and I, for me it's a blessing when we, when we hear someone give apologetics, that kind of depth and, and understanding and able to, to dismantle arguments of, on, on evolution or, or theories that are out there. At the same time, it's wonderful to see people who have that gift of prophetic or gifts of healing. But it is greater when you see God using them to equip the church and train them and release them. And I think that, for me, is a true sign of, of healthy, strong leaders. They're not wanting just to retain and look after. This is my, well, in this sense, some must, this is my empire, my church here, and I want to keep them all to me. And true leadership understanding that I want to equip and train and release them, and for them to be out there doing what God calls them to do, and to give them the opportunity, and that growth in that. So, Paul understanding this, knowing this, giving them the opportunity to the churches for us to, to grow, and to know that there are these ministries, they're there to help us, to guide us, to listen to them, and then, and, we, and one of those things is the apostolic ministry. I know we don't hear much, and sometimes there's a little bit of that, that kind of, what does that mean? What, because we hear about evangelists. We think of great evangelists, you know, from the past, uh, Billy Graham, D.L. Moody, or others, uh, um, the Jeffrey brothers in the UK, or, or even, I, I would think, um, the, the Methodist uh, leader, uh, or, remind me who the Methodist leader, or the, the founder of the Methodism? John Wesley. It was, I think, it was a very strong evangelist as well, um, apart from uh, apostolic, you see that all of these ministries, they're also, we, we can sometimes almost idolize them and look towards them and not seeing that also God using that to empower and to release his church. And, if, and then you see really the legacy of really good ministries, so, well, historically, they were able to continue and pass the baton down to the next generation, knowing that it, it's not just some hierarchy or not some... Um, uh, just keeping uh, the monopoly and control into one, understanding that it will go on to others. And some of the movements that God used in the past birthed many different denominations and groups as they began to go out and just plant and do things. I, I, I find it interesting that some of them have even forgotten their, their richness of their heritage. And that's why it's been good for us to look backwards and see what God has done historically here in Chelsea Community Church. Also, what has God done in the UK? I remember hearing some of uh, the Latin American and those African missionaries who would come to the UK and they would say things like, you know, we, we see you so disconnected from the rich heritage that you once had, that our nations have been blessed by the gospel. My, my father came to, to, the, to the knowledge of Christ because of uh, Scottish Presbyterian missionaries. My mother came to Christ because of American, North American missionaries. And they were the ones at the front, apostolically, leading the missions and pushing it. And now you see the global south coming back in many ways here. And, it, and, it, and one of the things they said, and, I, and I, it's a kind of a prayer that I, I guess we need to ask the Lord to lead us in. And they would say, Lord, those things that, that, that are still here in the UK, those promises, those prayers, those 
offerings, those sacrifices, those commitments, those missionaries that were sent out to the world, do it again here. Bring it again here. Spark it again. Revive it in the hearts of of this generation. And you see it. So you can almost almost begin to see the beginnings in in many cases. But it's no longer just this or them. It's who Christ wants us to be and how we use that. That apostolic ministry. And you can see... And then you see the prophetic and the evangelist and all of these ministries there to, to, to really strengthen the church and to make. And I, I'm, we pray that in the next season we begin to see those begin to shine, those new ministries. But it doesn't mean because I haven't got that prophetic ministry or those fivefold ones that are at the front. No, I've, I, I really i have been grateful to see the gift and the ministry of those who serve. The gift and the ministry of those who administer, those who, those who are of, of acts of kindness, of those who are patient to sit with people, those who like to serve is amazing. When you see them and they're active in their gifts, or the gift of, of just sharing uh, a listening ear. You don't know how big that actually helps in, in many cases. And in one of the works that I get to do now is, is chaplaincy in the week, and it's, it is pretty much just listening to people and sitting with them especially with the end of life and hearing many times a lot of the pain and stuff. And that's just small gift of listening. You can't, sometimes because of whether it's the dementia or whether it's the illness that they have, there is no possibility to communicate much. You don't know. There are moments when there's a bit of a, like, a shining of the lights and there's lots of stories and there'll be another time when I, I really want to share some of those stories there. But they, there you can see that our, the gift of just being with them present is, is such an a blessing to that person. So we, we can continue to pray. But again, those ministries that are there, it says it's to equip and mature the saints for them to grow and for them to be. So what? So that we could also evangelize. So that we could also uh, be pastorally caring for those around us. For us to, to be those who are able to teach and share the word. That we will understand things. That we will go deeper in and, and be able to communicate. And in, and in apostolic, I guess, in, the, in some, we'll look at it as a missionary kind of that movement, that we do be part of it as a church when we pray for those who go out, for those who are starting new works in other countries, and, that, and the networks that we belong and belong to. The next thing that continually there in that scripture, Paul begins to say to them about the gifts that they have, but also the maturing and in the love and becoming. And that should be the emphasis of church growth, to be mature, to mature, to become Christ-like. This is, it's interesting because you can go to a lot of church conferences or, you know, it's about, uh, I don't know, uh, to, to, to hit a thousand, to hit the, the 50,000, to hit the 20,000. And they talk, you know, explosive growth or uh, numerical and, and expansions and things like this. Very rare that you hear a conference to mature in Christ. I don't think many people were called to that or feel that, but it is, that's really what it says. And that's what the, this, this idea of the church is, that when everyone is growing and maturing in Christ and becoming Christ-like, the church will grow. And looking after and taking that care of that. Recently, I was watching a documentary on trees, and, and, and I think it was one of those David Attenborough ones on the BBC, and I thought something just stuck out, stood out to me in, the, in, in his presentation of the trees and the networks that they're connected to. I had no idea that trees could communicate to other trees. And that sounds odd, but he explained it very well. He said about the fungi, he went into depth. And maybe you can see this on the BBC iPlayer. But he explained how even a baby tree, a tiny tree, will communicate through others, through the networks that are under, underneath the ground, and tell it, you know, help me, protect me, I need help. 
And yet, and that illustration stood out to me because I thought so much about prayer and how when we pray together, when we pray for our churches, when we pray for our, our communities, we're, we're asking God to bring protection around the city. We're asking God to lift up uh, that vanguard, that, those walls that will stand and, and protect those newborn uh, churches and communities and believers in the Lord. So they will become mature, that they will become strong and become fruitful. And so we need to think about those things and say, okay, Lord, we know that you've called us. You've called us to be in unity. And this is something that's empowered by the Holy Spirit. You've told us that we will have the gifts, that we will be able to do things in, in the power of the Holy Spirit. But also, Lord, that you uh, have also called us to mature. And that takes time. And that's where the growing pains for me, the maturity part. And with, it, with children, I wish it, it would, this season would pass, Lord. And all I can hear the Lord say back to me, this soon shall pass, but just wait. <laughs> and it is that. You have to wait. The maturity of a person is learning how to wait and endure that painful season. Understanding that, yes, it will pass, but you've got to go through it. Whether it's with your children, whether it's a community, whether it's with the church, whether it's with a friend, whether it's with a colleague, whether it, even, even with family, even parents sometimes. We're asking, and not the sense that, we out-mature them, but we're praying also because there, there's a different stage of pain and growth in their lives. A different stage that we begin to see in all of those life moments. I like to see this part where the maturing and we grow in the Lord and we're asking Him to become Christ-like. And it is all in that vehicle of love, rooted and grounded in love. And that becomes our root. That's where we're communicating. And prayer and growth in the Word and knowing who we are, knowing what He's called us to do. It makes me think a little bit at that last part. He, can, he does make that emphasis that, that the church grows when everyone together, everyone is maturing and understanding. Everyone's being fed and, and learning together and communicating. So I ask you, at this time, are you continuously seeking the Lord to know what He wants to do with this church? how he wants us to grow as a community, how he wants to go deeper in inside of us. And, in, and as we don't have to worry about the numbers. He will bring those that will, will add it daily to, to the church. We see it continuously in the, in, in the book of Acts. You, they, I'm sure that if, Peter, if you sat down with the apostle Peter and say, Peter, how is it that so many came to your congregation? How, many, how is it that so many heard the message and converted? And he will just say, the Lord adds the numbers. The Lord brings those who need to be saved. So, you know, it, it sometimes can be a little bit on our side. Lord, what do we do? Lord, give me a program. Give me a system. Give me a, the, the, a great evangelist or something. And the Lord, no. I'll do it my way, my time. Just trust and obey. You know, this will pass as well. <laughs> and so learning on that is where we become mature, amigo. And finishing with this on Ecclesiastes. And again, going back to it, that it always has to do with with God working for the community of believers. One of the things that I guess it is, is be still, know that the Lord is there, and the psalmist would say this, be still in the presence of the Lord. But here in Ecclesiastes, he speaks to us, and he says to us, uh, let our words be few. You know, when we come to the assembly. And this isn't about being quiet in church, and that it's a solemn place that we're not allowed to talk. No, let us be in awe and wonder at what God is doing. And looking at those things around us, looking at, our, looking at what God is doing even with our children, what He's doing with those who are, are, who are in our medical community, those of our Latino community, those of our Korean community, look, look what God is doing with us as, as a church. And be in awe and wonder how He brings it all together and to bring and honor and glorify Him. 
And I think that's one of those things that we just, it is that moment that we praise and worship. Lord, look how far we've reached. And you've been faithful. You've been good. You've been gracious. I, and, and sometimes you may feel, but I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, and that's the best place to practice faith. That's the best place to show you're your, your, your grounded in Christ and saying, Lord, yet my eyes do not see. Though the fruit is not on the vine, yet I will worship you. Yet I will trust you. Yet I know that you are my redeemer. You are still in control. And maybe that's something here in, in Chelsea Church that God has said, you know, even though that this vine hasn't had fruit, we should still continue to praise and, and, and glorify God that He is doing something. He is renewing something. That this is a not community around here that it can be. And I've noticed that someone shared a statistic, I think it was um, in a certain part of London, I think it's either Kensington and Chelsea, but there's also another part out in, in Guildford, I think it was. That's most of the richest communities are sometimes the less giving and the less willing to help in, in community or charity. And it's odd because you would think if they have so much resources, why are they not helping more? And yet it's those places where God puts his light of his church in a place that could be dark and, 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 and lost. And yet with that little uh, Herodian lamp, that little tiny lamp, a bit of oil, the Lord can shine. I don't know you, when I'm, when I'm in a dark room, and especially when the, all the, the curtains are out and everything, that tiny light can sometimes be irritating in the corner. My wife says, turn it out, I can, it's, it's bugging me, whether it's the mobile phone or something. And some, maybe we can be that light here and say, Lord, there is a lot of darkness around here in, in the sense that the spiritual climate isn't as, 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 as it was in history in time past, but we will be that light there and irritate, annoy, and wake them up and say, okay, there's something happening in Chelsea Church. I need to go and ask them. What is God doing in that place? Some growing pains, but at the same we're growing. Let us give glory and honor to God the Father. Father, we, we thank you for your word and your presence in us and working through us. I thank you, Lord, that you're doing something amongst us as a church, Lord. I believe that you're speaking to us prophetically. And you're telling us, Lord, to do something new in this place continuously, Lord. And we are breaking ground. We are remembering its heritage and remembering its presence but also speaking its future, Lord. With our words, we speak life. With our words, we speak growth. With our words, we speak Christ be glorified. That we will see, the Lord, your miracle signs and wonders, that we will see you do things in our children, in our youth, and in, in, our, in our communities that bring glory to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you, you are the one who puts warrior angels around this place that protects it day and night. You are the one who watches day and night, Lord. Even when we grow tired, you do not grow tired, Lord. You are the one who raises a standard above this place. And you are the one who can call out from all the corners of this community, all the corners of the city of London, people to come and know and glorify you here in this place, Lord. There is nothing impossible for you, Lord. And we stand in, in that in gap. We stand as intercessors. We stand as church. We stand as your people, Lord. We say, Lord, yeah, break the divisions and the walls that divide. Take away, Lord Father, the things that have kept people in their idols, Lord, and let them turn to the true and living God. Let them turn and repent and know that they have, have salvation in Christ, that their purpose and their significance and their acceptance and that everything that they need will be found in you, Lord. Lord, and, even, and let them see that even when we are going through our storms, our, our struggles, our moments of pain we hold tight to you we know that we're grounded and rooted in you Lord and nothing can move us or separate us from the love of God 
Lord, may you be glorified. May you be lifted up across this land, Lord, across this city and across Chelsea Community Church, Lord. Father, I pray for healing. I pray for those who have back spasms. Lord. I pray for those who have been affected by pain in different areas of their body right now. I command in the name of Jesus for pain to let go and release them right now in the name of Jesus. And any pain in their bodies, I pray right now for healing in them. In Jesus' mighty name. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.